Hi, if you're listening or watching, this is the Mito Podcast. I am Ashley. And I'm Megan. And today we are going to talk to you about IHSS. Now, Megan has gone through the process before. I have not. Um, so I thought that this would be a really good topic for us to go over um, because it's one of those little hidden gems that a lot of people don't know about. Um, and I, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, sorry, my cat. One of these days we're going to get through a podcast and he's not going to be here yelling at me. Um, but it's, it's, it's important. It's an important resource. Not everyone qualifies for it. Um, but it's better to have the information than to not have the information. Um, so I guess we should start off by saying, do you know what IHSS stands for? Yes, I do. It's in-home supportive services. Um, and like you said, it is a hidden gem because um, Troy obviously uh, qualifies for it. And we didn't know about it until he was about 10 years old. And the only way I heard about it was from another mother who um, had also heard about it and was registering her girls. And I was at that point just a little background story. I was getting ready to stop teaching um, so that I could stay home and take care of Troy full time. And, you know, it's going to, from two incomes down to one. It was a little bit of a stressful situation. And I didn't even know this program existed. And then we found out. And fortunately, it has very much helped to supplement um, our income. So it's it's one of those things out there that you may not necessarily know unless you are in a little network and you have other you know, families that have children. Um, and actually this program itself was meant for adults. It was primarily um, set up for adults. And so um, bringing children into it is actually, I don't know when they started uh, approving children, but it's, it's, it's a little bit newer. Um, so, we yeah. have actually explained, we, we, so we told you guys, IHSS, we told you what it stands for, but we didn't actually tell you what. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and Megan kind of said a little little piece of it, but um, it's it's basically like a supplemental income that allows you, and correct me if I'm explaining this incorrectly, um, but it allows you to get paid pretty much to be the caregiver of your child. Is that that is correct. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you. So if you're in a certain situation where um, you have a child with disabilities that can qualify for IHSS, um, you can have someone else come into the home and they will give you a certain amount of money to actually pay for that person to be in the home. So you can have other people that are providers um, for their service. Um, but with us, obviously, I was already planning to stay home and take care of Troy. So parents can be the providers. There's um, little stipulations with a parent being a provider, um, which I can talk about. But yes, so it's just basically that you are eligible to have a provider and they will have a certain number of hours that they can come in and help take care of your child. Um, or your adult, if you have an adult um, that has disabilities, um, that's and also- And this isn't, this isn't just Mito. This is no. any disability. This is any diagnosis that makes, uh, that is life altering. 
Um, obviously we know Mito because that's, that's what our children was affect, were affected by, but, um, autism is also another, um, uh, diagnosis that is commonly accepted, uh, or that you can be commonly accepted into the program. Um, so it's, it's not just Mito. Um, it's just a, it's a life altering diagnosis and, and everyone qualifies differently. So it's no two diagnoses is, is equal. So um, it, it could mean a hundred dollars a month. It could mean a thousand dollars a month. It, it could mean more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just depends on, on your situation. And that's why it's so important for us to talk about it because, because it isn't uh, you, you don't going back to kind of like what we started this podcast with, you don't know what you don't know. And, um, like we have a friend who, um, who didn't know about the program and she just, uh, went through the application process and was accepted. And she has two young boys who are autistic, um, and she was accepted. So, oh my goodness. (laughs) I love that cat. (laughs) Like I'm literally holding him like a baby. (laughs) There's so much of him. Um, But so it's important. And and I don't know. So does this, I obviously it exists for San Diego, but, um, and I know it exists for like Fallbrook. So I don't know if it's the county, but is it everywhere or is it depends on where you're at? So it is um, something that is done all over the United States. Now, different states, have different prerequisites in order to be a part of the program. Like for instance, um, for California, you have to, your child, and I'm only gonna speak about um, your child being accepted because I do not know uh, much about the adult. Um, So if your child is on Medi-Cal, then you can actually uh, qualify for the program. So you have to actually be on Medi-Cal. And I think that was, one of the situations with us where um, in order to be on Medi-Cal, there's a certain financial component that goes with that. And so we make more than what's accepted for you just to be on Medi-Cal. And so we had to get what's called a waiver from our regional center, which regional center is also another gem that um, I think we've mentioned before, but it's something that uh, provides services for uh, children, usually um, from birth to, I think about, three or four years old, and then the services are a little bit less as they get older. Um, But it's something that if your child has a disability, you can qualify for that as well. So first we qualified for that, and then we were able to get a waiver from them, um, and then we were able to apply for Medi-Cal. And once we uh, received Medi-Cal, then we were able to to apply for IHSS. So it is a process. It's definitely a process. But if you already have Medi-Cal, then you're already in a situation to where, at least in California, you can um, apply for it if your child has a disability. In other states, I know Medi-Cal is not called Medi-Cal, it's Medicaid and there's different things. So I'm not sure all the stipulations, but as far as I know, it is something that is across the United States. Um, Uh, Let me just recap what you just said. So if you don't have, if you're in California and you don't have Mm Medi-Cal, step one, talk to your regional center. Step two, get the waiver for Medi-Cal if you need it. Step three, apply for Medi-Cal, which 
is a very long process as well. Uh, it's months, literally months. Mm -hmm. um, then once you get Medi-Cal, step four is now you can apply for IHSS. Yes, yeah? because yeah. Medi-Cal, as far as I know, pays for IHSS. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, and, it, and it, it does take a long time. Even if you take out the Medi-Cal factor, like even if you have Medi-Cal, don't think that you're going to apply for something and it's going to happen overnight. It, it won't. It takes another additional months mm -hmm. for you to get approved for that. And I believe, is there an interview process for that yeah. or do you? Well, um, it's basically, you have to fill out quite a few forms that you send in, but then they do send um, someone out and that person is, um, you're, it's basically your social worker. Um, and what they do is they evaluate everything that you do for your child. So one of the things that I was told by another mother is write down every single thing you do for your child, how long it takes, whether it's driving them to therapy or giving them medications or, you know, feeding them um, toiletry, toiletry, toileting, things like that. Um, bathing. I mean, it is literally you sit down and you write down an entire day and how long it takes you. And that right there is the one thing that prepares you for this interview, because unfortunately, um, is this state run program and, um, you know, it is expensive for them. I mean, and so if you don't have it all figured out, um, then, you know, there might be hours that you definitely miss or that you didn't say and you don't receive. And those hours are crucial because that's what you get paid for is the amount of hours. And, or if you have a provider coming in, you'll be able to pay for more hours with that provider if it's not yourself. Um, so you really have to just, I made kind of like an Excel sheet and literally put down everything that I did for Troy um, and how long everything took, how long our drive took. Um, and the interview, the first time I was interviewed, we literally, I think, got maybe 24 hours, which if anybody listening already has IHSS, it's, that's kind of like a joke. If you have any child with any disability, that is an extremely low amount of hours. And I think I learned a lot from that first interview. Um, I was very nice and I was definitely allowing the person who was interviewing me to kind of take the lead. Um, and when we came back with that amount of hours that we were approved for, and I spoke to our regional, our person at the regional center, they were like, this is absolutely unacceptable. And so, we actually had to kind of go back and go to bat with IHSS and have another interview. Um, and when we did, um, I'm never not nice, but I was definitely much more, okay, I know what the situation is now. This is what we do. These are the different categories. And, you know, and I was just much more assertive on um, just the different things. So you have to kind of be a little bit aware of the system when that interview comes up. So that's why I said it's, you know, it's just really important to be prepared and write down all the things that you do. Even if you think it's something little, um, you know, the 15 minutes it takes me to give Troy his vitamins, that's another, you know, certain amount of time on their little worksheet that they, they are filling out. So it's important just to really be prepared. So if you guys are listening and or watching, 
um, and you're interested in this, oversell yourself. Don't undersell yourself. Mm-hmm. Everything you do matters. Everything. Yep. Giving them a sip of water matters. Like put it all down. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, like Megan said, if you think it's ridiculous or, oh, that's not a big thing, that little thing that you think isn't big in the long run is, and it, it adds up. Uh, I always had a, a calendar with me and I never left without my calendar. I couldn't because I had, we had so many things going on for Angie and she was so little, she was only, okay, he's getting mad at me now, 19 <laughs> months old. And, um, but we, I mean, even driving time to get to therapy, like wherever your therapy is at, like you, you don't always get to have your resources come to you at home. So make sure you are also putting that down. And, and I mean, I don't know, I guess it's a, a stretch, but how many times you go get gas because to get to these therapy appointments, you, I mean, that takes time too. And you, if you don't have gas, you can't get to therapy. And so even if it seems ridiculous, put it down. If they don't, if they don't put it in their papers, then, oh, well, but you reported all of it. And that's what is, is extremely important. And I think too, yeah, some of the things you don't even think about, like I was thinking, you know, how long it, I didn't put down um, Troy wears AFOs, which are the little orthotics on his legs. And that wasn't something I thought about, you know, that's like putting on his shoes. It does take longer. Um, but when um, his new uh, person, social worker asked, she's like, oh, he wears AFOs because they do want to see your child, obviously. Um, and she said, oh, okay, I'm going to make sure I put down. And even that was, you know, they put down 10, 15 minutes, you know, with different stuff like that. And, and also too, um, which I think, you know, I don't want to make a vast statement, but I think most of us with special needs children are pretty much okay with being open about stuff. I mean, I literally sit with Troy in the bathroom for probably a half hour to make sure that he uses the restroom because it's so important. Constipation is a huge thing for Mito kids. And, you know, don't be embarrassed. Don't be, you know, just be open about everything that you do for your child, because it's, it's, it's truthful, it's honest. And, you know, if you're going to be in a program like this, you deserve to be paid for or to be able to pay someone to help your child with all the things that are necessary to take care of them. Um, So uh, it it is very important that you just make sure that you think of everything that you do. Yeah. And Angie, we had to give her suppositories to be able to get her to go to the bathroom. So Mm -hmm that would be another thing that, that adds that to that level. Exactly. Um, and, and I know there's probably some listeners that might think like, and I don't know, but you might not want to do it. Cause you think it's a handout or something like that. And that is not the case. Um, it's expensive. I mean, life is already expensive and now you have a special needs child and that level increases and a lot of people don't understand that they don't they don't see all the special high chair the special uh stroller or wheelchair or uh, gate trainer or like there's so many things that are going to cost money and insurance does not cover it you can fight with them and try and get them to cover it but a lot of times they just say no Mm -hmm. and this is something that could help supplement that. Um, you don't have to be proud. You don't have to say, well, I make 
I make good money. I'll, I'll be able to figure it out. Um, you want this to be easy for you. And this is a resource that can make things financially a little bit easier for you and your family. And I mean, I, I'm not speaking for anyone, but um, I mean, people fight over, over finances without having a special needs child, you know, um, and, and it, and it can be really hard to make ends meet. So if there is this resource, just try. And, and if you decide that you don't want it, then great. If, but if it genuinely really helps you, then there's nothing wrong with, with signing up for it or applying for it. Um, especially as your child gets older and depending on how much of a need they have, if you want to stay at home and you, you, or you can't work anymore, this is something that can help for that. You don't have to have that fear of not being able to provide for your family. Um, and, and I just, I really want to push on that being proud thing. Cause this, this doesn't have anything like, I don't feel like, and this is in my opinion, this is, this isn't, you don't have to share my opinion. I just think that there's a resource out there that can help you and make the day just a little bit easier and, and you should take it. Why, why not? Um, but yeah, that's my little soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I agree as well. It's obviously made our lives a little bit easier since I stopped working. And if, you know, uh, for any reason I had to go back to work, um, then, you know, we would be able to provide for somebody to come into the home. You know, it's just, it's really important. And it definitely, like, like you said, it's out there and it's something that if you have a disabled child that um, you should look into and you can go onto the internet, um, depending what state you're in. Um, it, I'm pretty sure it's called the same thing in every state, but it's in-home support services. If you just look that up, um, you will definitely be able to find it. I think there might also be a Facebook page for it as there well. Yes. So definitely connect through Facebook. If you have social media that way, um, you can also hear from other parents and see what their trials and tribulations are with signing up for it. I did have a question and I don't know if you, if you know this, but, um, yes, I know you said that you as the parent can be approved to be the caregiver. You can also have someone else be the caregiver, but can that person be anybody or do they have to be certified? Does so everyone has to be certified. Even I had to um, be certified. I'm glad you brought that up. So I took probably about a four to six hour class um, and did some fingerprinting um, that they do and background check. And um, even though I'm his parent, um, they still will do that. They'll do that for everyone. So then that makes you eligible to become an IHSS provider. And then obviously it was my son. So I was assigned to his case. Um, my mom also did the same thing. Um, so when I was still working for a few months, my mom was actually his provider and I was able to pay her for coming in, which she obviously she would have done anyway, but it was nice to be able to, you know, give her some extra money um, in order to um, be here with Troy. And so you do have to take class. It's a very simple, simple thing that you um, have to do. So, um, and I was going to say another thing, but I, well, think about it, but I want to make a point about that is um, if you do feel weird about it, if you do feel like it's a handout, now it's not because it's a job. You're being hired. And yes, you're the parent. 
So you don't feel like you need to be hired for that job. And you don't, you don't need to be hired to do it. But if you are already doing it and someone needs to be paid to help being a caregiver, it may as well be you. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yes, exactly. And the only stipulation, which I'm just going to speak for California again, is that um, you yourself, if you are a provider, you cannot be employed more than half time anywhere else. Um, So for instance, if I wanted to do something on the side, I could only work part time and still be eligible to get IHSS. um, But you cannot have a full time job and then also um, be be a provider, which makes makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Is there anything else that you think that we need to add or is there any other pointers? Um, No, I think, like I said, just making sure that um, you write down everything that you do for your child before the interview. Um, And I also gave um, the social worker every time they come in, I give them a copy of what I've written down. And um, like you said, just touching on um, if you already have Medi-Cal, then you've already jumped that hurdle. Um, If you financially are able to get Medi-Cal without going through the regional center or somewhere else to get a waiver program, then obviously you just sign up for Medi-Cal. But if you are make too much money for Medi-Cal, then you'll have to do regional center. I do not know what other states require, but regional center, you'll have to get the waiver, then you'll have to sign up for Medi-Cal, and then you can apply for IHSS. So you definitely have to take those steps and just to prepare for your interview. But um, just knowing about this is, <laughs> is important so that you know that you have this resource out there. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up this uh, episode. Um, so if you were listening, we were just talking about IHSS um, and how to get involved with it. Um, if you guys have any questions, please let us know. You can email us at mitopodcast at gmail. It's M-I-T-O P-O-D-C ast at gmail.com um (laughs) or you can find us on facebook or on instagram it's the mito podcast and we are also on youtube so if you want to watch this episode you are more than welcome to um but we appreciate you listening we appreciate you watching and if you guys have any ideas for episodes or you want us to talk about anything specific please send us a note we would love to hear it Um, but thank you again for listening thank you